Good Sunday morning, Iowa. It's Dr. Rick Godding. Thank you for spending some of your Sunday morning here with me. And I would uh, now give you a report on our, on our, on our daddy-daughter weekend, and then I'll talk about a little bit about uh, the 4th of July, and we'll see if we have time to get to anything about orthopedics. So every year I take my daughters one at a time on a daddy-daughter weekend. We take a, an extended weekend, and um, you know we've done really cool things like uh, look for agates up in Minnesota and geodes down near Keokuk. And so I did the first daddy-daughter weekend last weekend with my 13-year-old Madison. And we went to, I did, I basically researched places to go and, um, it almost always (laughs) involves some fishing. And I think part of that is because my dad always used to take me fishing. So I didn't live with my dad growing up. He and my mom were divorced from the time I was four. So I don't ever remember them together. It was always, I remember waiting in the window for dad's car to pull up when I was little and just going crazy. And, uh, and he would always take us fishing. And I just have all these tremendous, wonderful memories of fishing. And uh, and so we haven't always gone fishing, but oftentimes we'll go fishing. So this year I was looking for places. I wanted to go to the lake uh, and maybe do some fishing. And I found this place called Isle, Minnesota, I-S-L-E, like Gilligan's Isle. And it is on Lake Milak, or Milak as they call it, Lake Milak, M-I-L-L-E-L-A-C-S, two words. It's French. It means Thousand Lakes. But it's a really big lake, so we we went and got a little cabin, a little dock going out over the lake, and it was it was beautiful. So they have out there this thing called the Sioux Line Trail, S-O-O-L-I-N-E, the Sioux Line Trail. And it is, uh, I think it's 175 miles. And it goes from someplace up to Superior. I don't know if that means Lake Superior. It just said to Superior on the signs, and I didn't really care because we weren't going that far. But this trail is only open for ATVs and snowmobiles. So it's just this huge, long trail. And so... We rented an ATV side by side and drove around and they would have these little areas where you could pull off and do loops of more sort of in the forest kind of driving through puddles and up and down hills. And they would have these little technical areas that you could drive around and it would there would be a little sign, ATV technical area over to the left. And there's a big, just kind of a pit with some bumps and stuff. And it was just so much fun. But that, that Sioux Line Trail also looks like it would be a tremendous amount of fun in the winter on a snowmobile. Now, Lake Milak is uh, one of the premier ice fishing lakes in Minnesota. And my fishing guide, which I'll get to, told me that in the winter they have 15,000 ice houses on that lake which is just crazy but the lake is 17 miles by I think 10 miles so it's huge 
And so I'm thinking we're going to have to get up there this winter. I mean, it just looks like it would be a lot of fun. And that snowmobile trail. And they have guides that can take you out on the snowmobiles. Because I kind of feel like if you're in an area and you don't know the area, oftentimes it's a good idea to have a guide. But you can snowmobile, apparently, right up into town to a restaurant or whatever. We actually rode the ATV. After we finished on the trail, we rode the ATV into town and got some ice cream. Uh, so it's really neat up there. The, the town of Isle has, I think it's 800 people. So it's pretty small. Of course, it looks bigger than that because there's always, obviously, tourists there from all over. So that's what we did one day. Another day we rented a jet ski and just kind of cruised around a little bit. And then uh, day three, we did a fishing guide. And he took us out on his boat, and we caught, we caught three. Uh, Madison caught two, and I caught one walleye. And they were just all three of them were keepers. And it's interesting because on this lake, they you can only keep between twenty one and twenty three. So you can't keep bigger than twenty three or smaller than twenty one, unless I think it's over thirty eight or something, which, but, uh, I guess those things never happen. So we had a really good time fishing, um, came back the next day and, uh, I got this, I was looking for batter at the store and I found this beer batter. So I really like beer bread. I don't know if you've ever had beer bread, but beer bread is really cool. Cause you, it's a little bag. It usually comes in a bag, and you dump it in the pan, and you pour however many ounces of beer in there, and you mix it up, and then you put it in the oven. And it's real. It's got a real crispy, tasty crust. I like it. It's really tasty. So I decided to try this beer batter because I've always had trouble battering fish and chicken. It always, you know, you can use the panko or you can do the cornflakes or just do right. Reg- if you do regular flour. I can just never get it to be really good. And this beer batter, if you've ever, I mean, think about when you're out at a restaurant and you order fried fish and it's the type of fried fish where you can't really see any creases in the batter. It's just like a, like a a solid, I don't know, like the edge of the, of the fried batter is all solid. So it's not, I don't know if I'm explaining it properly, but it just looks perfect. Well, that's how this came out. And then I made some homemade uh, tartar sauce, uh, chopped up some dill pickles and threw some dill, mayonnaise, and lemon juice. And we had a, a little feast. So, so yeah, so I would, I would suggest if you have kids or grandkids that are growing up, it's been a real wonderful tradition in my family to take the the girls one at a time because it's so tough to get one-on-one with your kids. And uh, you should definitely consider Isle, Minnesota. I would say that it's, uh, you know, it's five and a half hours from, it was five and a half hours from Des Moines, five and a half hours from Carroll. So I guess if you lived south in the state, it'd be a little bit farther, but it's really... It's really a nice place. It's really a different feel up there. It was my first time. Well, that's not true. When we went up to get the Lake Superior agates, but we didn't really spend a lot of time there. We kind of went there, found the agates, and drove home because we were on a little bit of a tighter schedule. 
This time we were there for three days. And it's just a really different feel up there. It's definitely, you know, how different places have different feels. I mean, you, you certainly know, you know the difference between Iowa and Colorado, even if you're not in the mountainous part of Colorado. It just has a different feel. But this uh, up north feel, was it's the first time I've, I've experienced that. And I really enjoyed it. And so maybe this winter I'll give you a, a dispatch after a uh, an ice fishing run up there. But we'll, we're we're definitely gonna definitely gonna strongly consider that. So Tuesday is the Fourth of July, and anyone who's sort of been listening to the program for a long time knows that I feel very deeply proud of of living in this country, no matter how sort of messed up it is right now. I mean, I think that one thing that you can do when you read history is you can see that as crazy as it is, there's been times when things were worse. And uh, there's a book that I've talked about on this program before called uh, 1846, The Year of Decision. And it's about the present, about the time of the presidency of James Polk, and, and it's all about Iowa, and not all about, but it, I, Iowa is a big part of that book, as is the politics of the time. And it just talks about how vicious the politics of the time were and how divided people were. I mean, you know, it was not long after that we had a civil war. And obviously we're not divided on that level. And not, and it's not even, I mean, that wouldn't even be a thing. I mean, because there's no, there's no line to draw. <laughs> you know, there's no like, okay. But I think one of the things that I've always done that has helped me to try to you know, really, really remember is on the 4th of July, I read the Declaration of Independence, the whole thing. And, and I've done that. I've had my kids read it out loud every year. We didn't do it last year, but, and I'm not actually going to be with them this year. They're going to be with their grandmother, but I want to ask them to get on YouTube and, and, uh, listen to some, that's the other way to do it is you can listen to someone read the Declaration of Independence and and those, I mean, there's the idea uh, embodied in the Declaration of Independence and and the Constitution. Well, if you if you look at the world as it exists today, those ideas are the reason that the world has been pulled out of just darkness and poverty uh, worldwide. And I mean, people will. I mean, people will not want to agree with that and talk about all the bad things that that uh, America has done. But, I mean, if you look at any person, living or dead, and all you look at is their bad things, it's going to be kind of hard to appreciate that person as a good person. If you just say, well, I'm going to list off all the bad things. We're going to focus constantly on that, and we're not going to look at all the other things. I mean... And that's a lot of what certain amount of people are doing right now. And they're losing sight of just the fact that, I mean, uh, the American system, both the economic and the, and the political system, have truly altered the shape of the world more than anything else before. And, uh, I mean, just the, the fact that 
I mean, Elon Musk, like him or don't like him, I mean, he's trying to bring internet access to Africa. <laughs> I mean, on his own dime. And, uh, you know, things like that. The, you know, America unbridles the human potential in a way that no other country in the world ever, ever has. And that's, for all its flaws, that's the golden key of America, is that, is that I mean, why is Thomas Edison, the Wright brothers, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, people like that, the only thing that really compares to it, I would think, would be the Renaissance and the people like Leonardo da Vinci and, and uh, Michelangelo, and that was kind of happening then. But right now, from, from the beginning of America to the present time, the potential of unlimited human productivity and, and, uh, and genius is really only unleashed in America. And I mean, you, you know, if you look at, if you look at China, I mean, they have tons of smart people. They graduate more engineers every year than we have in America. They probably have more, you know, well, they're what, three, four times bigger than us. And they probably have three, four times, uh, as many smart people. Right. And, but their system their system doesn't allow people to really get out on the edge and take a risk. And, you know, I listened to this one podcast, um, a couple of British guys, it's called trigonometry and, uh, it's not about math, but they come to America and they were discussing with another British guy who had moved to America. Like what's the real big difference. And the big difference is in Britain, and I found this to be the same in Australia to a lesser extent when I was down there. But if you have a big idea, people just want to tear you down. And, uh, you know, they, like, individual accomplishment is discouraged and kind of looked down upon. Whereas in America, this is what they were saying from their British perspective. Whereas in America, if you say, Hey, I want to go do this. People are like, yeah, heck yeah, go do it. Go do your thing. You know, make that thing, do that thing, take a risk. Um, you know, and I think that that's, that's the essence of, you know, the American project. And it's the embodiment of the idea that, while we do need to do some things collectively, it's really unbridling the individual that allows these tremendous advances in technology and medicine. And, and, uh, and you know, it's, is it perfect? No. Is any place perfect? No. But, but always, you know, I always, I think back of the level of, sort of patriotism that we had when I was in high school and I look today and I just don't see it in the kids at all to the extent that we did just an understanding, Hey man, you've got it good. And, and I'm hoping that we can swing that back. And part of it is we, as the adults in the room have to talk to the young kids and, 
let them understand that, yeah, there's, there's issues in America and there always have been, but at the same time, where does everybody want to come? The number one destination of people seeking a new life from all over the world is America with Europe being a second. And that tells you something. It tells you that there's, there's still something here. And it's interesting that it seems like, you know, the people that do come here from other countries, they seem to see it. And isn't that funny? That's just kind of how, how life goes. Like they'll come here and say, man, look at all this opportunity. And then, you know, a lot of these American kids are like, yeah, well, I got this worthless degree and I'm working at Starbucks. Well, yeah, okay. You made a mistake there, but these people that come from other places, they can see what a lot of the young people in America can't see anymore. And it's our job as adults in their lives to make them see it. There is unlimited potential right now today in this country. And a lot of it has, you know, and I've talked about it before. If there's, there's a tremendous opportunity out there for anybody who wants to work hard in the trades. And, you know, if you're 18 years old, you go to, a trade school, become a carpenter, plumber, electrician, HVAC, you know, work for a few years, you get a truck, you know, you know, get your contractor's license, you get another truck, you get some people working for you. I mean, you could, you could be as big as you, as big as you can dream. And that's the thing. America allows everybody to be as big as they can dream. And I think that that's what we got to remember on this July 4th coming up is that we really, despite what people would say, we're the, we are the most tolerant country <laughs> in the world. And we have this incredibly diverse population working together. And we just got to just gotta nudge it back into the direction where we remember that the underlying framework works. Like the thing, the, the way this thing was set up, it works. And it's needed some tweaking here and there. And we've been able to do that. But it it works and it's and it's, and it's worth preserving and uh, and I think that starts with having these discussions with the younger people in your lives um, because God knows a lot of times at school they're just being told how bad America is all day so so that's my July Fourth thoughts and uh, Daddy Daughter Weekend thoughts so I hope everybody has a a fun and safe Fourth of July Independence Day and uh, uh, you have a blessed week and I'll be back next week Iowa.